Let's give a round of applause to Jesus Christ today. <clears throat> what a great worship. Thank you. I heard the story of this Christian woman who died and she arrived to heaven. And when she was going to go about, you know, entering the gates of heaven, uh, St. Peter, you know, was there at the gate waiting for her. And she got so excited, you know, when she saw St. Peter and she was going to go through a door. She said, wait, wait, wait. Before you go into heaven, I want you to spell one word correctly. And she said, what? I have to spell here in heaven? And he said, yeah, just, and she said, what word? Any word you like. Just uh, choose a word and then spell it correctly and then you can go into heaven. And then she said, okay, uh, love. L-O-V-E. And St. Peter said, good job. Now you can go into heaven. Oh, but wait, wait, wait. I need to step up for a few minutes. Can you please stay here at the gates and do the same thing with anybody who comes? And she said, sure, sure, sure. So she was waiting there at the gate, and then all of a sudden, she sees her ex-husband coming into heaven. And as he was approaching, she was like, what are you doing here? And he said, wow, I think I made it to heaven. Praise the Lord. And then she said, wait, before you go into heaven, you have to spell one word correctly. And he said, what? And which word is that? Czechoslovakia. So let me take you to the book of uh, Luke, chapter 9. But no, there's not going to be spelling in heaven, so don't worry. Uh, but let me share with you. Um, I want to share with you along the question of do you really want to follow Jesus? And uh, the reason why I want to share about this today is because sometimes we make Christmas about us. We make the season about us. When you know that Christmas is not about me, it's not about us, Christmas is about Jesus Christ. So we need to be proactive in keeping that um, emphasis with our family, our friends, um, everywhere we go, that this season it's about placing Jesus first at the center of your life. I remember when I was a kid... Of course, you know, I was uh, born and raised, you know, in a different country. So some of you may have had some of the same customs. But when Christmas was approaching, there was a lot of anxiety uh, between me, my little brother, and my sister. Because we knew that on December 24th or, or 23rd, my mom was going to go shopping and she was going to get us new clothes. Because it was a custom for us to wear new clothes for Christmas. So you got new jeans, you got new sneakers, tennis, and like a cool, you know, shirt. And, and the big thing, you know, was to go out into the, the barrio, you know, outside and, and show up that you were wearing, you know, nice clothes, new clothes. And year after year, we would do that. And it wasn't until I grew up that I started to think, and nobody taught me, I started to realize, does this costume really meet the desire of God for me to celebrate Christmas. And I got to the conclusion that Christmas, God doesn't care about, wearing, about me wearing new clothes for Christmas. He probably doesn't want me to do that. Now, I'm not saying that he minds that you wear nice clothes, you know, for Christmas. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we have the understanding that Christmas is all about us. We start to think 
and, and please forgive me if this, if this is you, but some people even have the custom, and I'm not saying it's bad, so please don't go out of church today saying I can't believe, you know, Pastor Franklin criticized me, and I'm hurt, and I'm not going to the life group anymore, or I'll be showing up late, you know, and I'm going to punish him, and no. But sometimes, sometimes even Christians have the tendency to go shopping on Black Friday. They have, had, they have been saving a lot of money, and they are looking for the deals, you know, on Black Friday. And those are Christians that sometimes even misbehave the following day when they go shopping. Because, of course, you know how competitive it can be when you want to go into a store. There's a little bit of pushing and, and kicking and jumping and sometimes even swearing. But I know that's not you. But see, the emphasis for us in Christmas starts even in November. We start thinking about the gifts that we're going to get to such person, to our family. Some people even buy the gifts on, like, on that day, Black Friday. And then they go around bragging, oh, I'm free of stress. Because I purchased everybody my gift already. It's under the tree. And I don't have to worry anymore. And my question is, where is Jesus in the picture? Where is he? Where is your gift for Jesus? Did you purchase it on Black Friday also? Or I don't know. But I want to just share with you that if you really want to follow Jesus, he wants to be the center in your life. So I want to take you to the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 22, 25. Um, and the scripture says... Luke chapter 9, verse 22, 25. So, and he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. And he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross Daily and follow me. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for the gift of Jesus today. We thank you, Lord God, for this time and for this season. It's a season, Lord, where families get together. And we are so happy and excited uh, because maybe some people are going to have two weeks off. Some of us will work even through Christmas, Lord God. But the main point is not just Christmas, not just December 25th, but every single day of the year, where are you, Lord God, in my life? Where are you in my heart? So we pray, Lord God, that you speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. So is Jesus Christ the center of your life? Is he the main person in your heart? Is he the one that you love the best and the most? Is he the one that you remember, that you think of every day? Notice that one of the things that I pay attention, and I'm sure that some of us, some of you are the same way, you pay attention to every single word that there is in the Bible, and that is good. And I want you to see that there's one word that Jesus says in verse 23 and 24, uh, when he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. There's one word right there that the cross has to be taken on a daily basis. Now, I want to talk to you about the first point. Number one, the price for your salvation has already been paid. 
Jesus paid that price, you know, for you. You were supposed to go to the cross. You were supposed to pay the ultimate sacrifice. But because somebody loved you without even you realizing, without even you doing anything, he paid the, the price so that you would have access to the Father and would have access to salvation. But notice that Jesus says, number one, you have to take up the cross. Now, the cross in 2019 for us may mean something different than the cross meant for the disciples back in the day. As a matter of fact, if you read the other Gospels, actually Luke, maybe because he's a doctor, uh, he's very educated, so he's very politically correct. Uh, he doesn't want to offend, but Luke doesn't include another Action, another scene that happened while Jesus was saying these words. So for the disciples, remember that back in the day for the Roman Empire, making somebody take their cross so that they could be uh, crucified for a crime that they committed was the most embarrassing thing that anybody can go through. It was already enough for somebody to be killed <clears throat> for committing a crime, but now you have to take your cross where you are going to be nailed down all through the village. People are going to come out of their homes and maybe laugh at you, point at you. Some people will probably be crying for you. Some people will probably be spitting on you because you are a criminal. So this is humiliating. And then Jesus is about to go to the crucifixion and he comes to the disciples and he says, I want you guys to know that in order for, for God's plan to become a reality, the Son of Man, me, I have to go and die and be crucified. So if you guys want to follow me and be my disciples, you have to take that cross daily, every single day. And of course, if you read the other Gospels, you will notice that Peter, he jumped up, you know, because he, he's, the, he's the apostle that is very reactive. Uh, Peter, you know, anything that happened, he will react really quick. As a matter of fact, Peter was a part of, uh, I wanna, I'm not going to say organization, but I believe that he would always have to carry a knife, you know, uh, in hidden just in case, you know, something happened. And you guys remember that part of the Bible where Peter, you know, cut off the ear of another uh, soldier uh, when they were trying to take Jesus away. But anyway, so Peter jumped up and he said no. And you read the other Gospels, Peter takes Jesus aside and Peter starts talking to Jesus and Peter says, Jesus Christ, what are you talking about? Don't you know the Bible? Don't you know the scripture? This scripture says, we have read the scripture and you teach us the scripture too. This scripture says, that the king of Israel, he's going to come and restore the kingdom and God is going to reign. And we're going to be free from slavery, from any oppression from, from the Roman Empire. And what are you saying? That you're going to take the cross and die. Where is that in the Bible, Jesus? Show me. And then if you read the other Gospels, the Bible says that when, Jesus, when Peter is rebuking Jesus, Jesus rebukes Peter back. And he says, in the name of Jesus, in his name, devil, get away from me. And he called Peter a devil. Now, he was not really calling Peter a devil. He was speaking to that voice that was influenced Peter to tell Jesus, don't go through that. So for us, you know, sometimes when we think about taking up the cross, and you hear, you know, this scripture many times, some of us don't think about dying 
And, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to be carrying this cross, and I'm going to go and be crucified, you know, pay the ultimate price. Sometimes we think as the cross as some type of burden or problem that we have. You know, sometimes people may say, you know what, I can't afford to live in San Marino anymore, so I'm going to be moving to Pasadena. And, Lord, but I have to take up your cross anyways. So, and I'm going to be living in Pasadena, I guess. I can't afford to live in San Marino. So, that's taking up your cross. I would argue a little different. And some of us, okay, God, I, I can't buy, you know, the Lexus that I wanted 2021. Because, wait, we're still in 2019. But I have to take up the cross and, Lord, just help me. And I will keep, you know, this... Um, 2018, you know, for focus, and but that's what the Bible says, take up your cross. You get a flu on Sunday, and you hardly make it to church, and you're thinking, Pastor Henry got to be grateful, man, that I go to church, because I have a flu. Like, I could be in bed right now, I'm going to go with the flu, but Lord, that's what the scripture says, I have to take up your cross daily, and you think the flu is actually the cross, but it's, it's a little different in the scripture. Taking up the cross means that you deny yourself so that you can follow Jesus. And I want to share with you, it's a personal choice. You take up the cross daily. Look at what Jesus said in the scripture. He says, um, he, he said to them, if you want to be my disciple, what does the word disciple mean? So the, the word disciple in the New Testament and the Old Testament have a little different of a meaning. But one meaning that is between the two is that a disciple is a follower who literally imitates his teacher or her teacher who is Jesus. So in other words, what we do is if we want to follow Jesus Christ, we got to be reading the scripture, getting into the Bible and say, and always ask the questions to ourselves. What would Jesus want me to do today? How should I behave? What should I say? Uh, what action should I take today? Because I got to be like Jesus. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, you know, when children are growing up, uh, some children, you know, they start playing with their, their parents' stuff. I remember my sister, when she was very little, we couldn't afford Barbies, you know, back then because it was just way too expensive for my family. So my sister, uh, she was really, really little. She would get into my mom's high heels, you know, and she was like three or four years old and she attempted to walk and she would fall and my mom would be like, oh, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And making, you know, like this big, big story and telling her friends about my sister. And then sometimes, you know, I would get my, my dad's ties and I would try to put them on and, and get the big Bible. And there's actually a picture of me that I, I just really love, but unfortunately I lost it during a fire in, in our church. Uh, of me with big boots and I'm like literally like four years old with with a Bible that is half my size and I'm like you know struggling to keep the Bible that belonged to my dad but I used to play uh, that I was a pastor you know I would open the Bible and start telling people you know preaching when I was four or five years old in the church and then my dad would come into the sanctuary and then I would stop because I would be embarrassed so that was me those are children wanted to imitate the father what they do 
So that's exactly what Jesus is saying. If you want to be my follower, you need to imitate me. You need to take up that cross. You know what the cross means for Jesus? It means that Jesus said, me as the Messiah, or like you have said, I was next to the King of kings and Lord of lords. I had billions of angels worshiping me 24-7. Nobody rests in heaven. Nobody takes time in heaven. I was being worshipped. I have seen things that human beings have never seen before. I have been in the glory of the most glorious of the glory that you can imagine. But I accepted to come down from heaven, become like you, a human being, take up the cross, deny my glory, and be ashamed on your place so that I can go and be crucified for you. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to set your priorities. I want you to take a look at your life, see what you like, see what you love, see how you live daily. And I'm not saying that those things are bad, but you have to deny yourself so that I can be the first person in your life because that's why I am paying this price for you. That's what it means, putting Jesus first in your life. Now, this is the third point that I want to share with you that we need to empty out. And I wanted to bring um, a couple of props, you know, to, to share this point, but I wasn't able to. But what it means is, <clears throat> um, it's somebody gave me like, actually last, last week I was talking to somebody about emptying out, you know, and ourselves and filling, out, filling in more with Jesus. And actually it's a terrible example, but it's a good example I try not to go into so many details, you know, about it. But she gave me this example about, you know, in order to keep this body alive, you have to put food in this body, right? So, but at the same time, you got to get rid of that food sooner or later. And now you're empty again, but you have to keep putting food again. And you, you get rid of it, and then you have to put food back again, and that's how you keep it alive. And many times in life, the reason why we're struggling, the reason why we cannot develop our full potential in Jesus is because we don't empty out what is not working anymore in our life. You need to get completely empty of what you have so that you can put more of Jesus Christ in your life. And then the next day you empty out and you go the same, put more of Jesus in your life. And then the next day comes, you empty out and then you put more of Jesus in your life. And that's how you keep your relationship with God alive. That's why Jesus said, if you want to be my disciple, be like those little kids who want to imitate their parents. Be like me. Pray like me. Notice that Jesus said daily. Now, I heard some people who say, oh, I don't need to pray every day. The Bible doesn't say that, that I need to pray. What Bible are you reading? What translation of the Bible are you reading? Having a relationship with God, praying, reading the scripture, going to church, those are all spiritual disciplines that have to be practiced so that we continue to take up the cross. You know why? Because we as human beings, if we don't come under the control of Jesus Christ and you take the control of your own life, sooner or later you are going to be disappointed because you make mistakes. I make mistakes. So Jesus, Jesus is saying you have to deny yourself, empty out, get rid of what's not working. 
What is it that is not working in your life? Is it a type of relationship that is not working? Uh, if you can fix it, go for it, improve it, do your best. Or is it a habit? Is it an addiction? Is it a way of thinking that you probably need to, you know, think about it again? Or maybe get rid of it and then put on Jesus more. Put from Jesus more every single day so that you are able to deny yourself. I have um, in my work, you know, I do a lot of social work. And I go driving a lot around Los Angeles County. And I've noticed, I've noticed how wild it can be to drive on the 10 freeway close to downtown Los Angeles. Where the 101 meets the 5 and then the 10, you know, like at 7.30 a.m. in the morning or like at 5. It's like a jungle, you know, only the wildest and the strongest can survive in the midst of that traffic. But I've noticed that when I haven't taken up my cross in the morning with Jesus, I can be a little reactive. Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Because we can be pastors, but we're human beings. We can react. So I have noticed that, you know, sometimes when people cut off on me, and I have literally this guy, I was, I was just driving, you know, in the same lane. It was so much traffic. Everybody was driving bumper to bumper. And this guy was honking at me, you know, from the back. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I, where am I going to go? I mean, this car is literally like maybe three feet ahead of me. I can't jump on top of the car and then let this guy go. What does he want me to do? Does he want me to pull over on the side so that he can go in the same spot, you know, that I am right now? And I was like just thinking about these things. And all of a sudden, this guy... He was just really angry, and he started driving next to me, and he was going like this. And, you know, and, and, and I could see him, you know, with the corner of my eye, and I just kept driving. And I was like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you know, uh, pinch that flyer tire right now, Lord. And, 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 and. So I was praying a prayer that was not very spiritual. So I noticed maybe I didn't take up my cross, you know, like I should have. Why? Because I'm reactive during the day. I'm not reflecting Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I want you to be my follower, but I need you to imitate me daily. So what do we do? You know, at the end of the day, we empty out. And then in the morning, we put more of Jesus. Or if it's in the afternoon, you put more of Jesus. Or whenever, but put more of Jesus in your life. And then look at this. I didn't give these scriptures to Malachi, but you can follow me uh, in a couple of chapters after, chapter 9, verse 57. Now, Jesus just had this conversation, and I want you to know this is what's happening. So, Jesus is preparing the way and the disciples that he is about to be crucified, and they go into a Samaritan village, and then the Samaritans reject the, the apostles, James and John, because... Uh, of course, Jesus was going to Jerusalem and Samaritans and, and, and Jewish people, you know, didn't get along. So these disciples come back to Jesus and they say, Lord, uh, they don't want us in, in Samaria, in this village. So let's just continue going. And as was Jesus walking, chapter 9, uh, verse 57, the Bible says, As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So picture this. Jesus already sent the 72 so that they would announce that he was going to show up in Jerusalem to be crucified. 
Some people reject him in Samaria, so he keeps walking towards Jerusalem. And this guy recognizes the Messiah, so he goes to Jesus and he says, I will follow you, Jesus. I want to be your follower. And as soon as he says that, Jesus says in verse 58, Jesus replied, Foxes have danced and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Basically, Jesus is saying, okay, I will let you follow me, but I want you to know that this is not about becoming wealthier uh, in life. This is following me means that you have to deny yourself, leave a, a couple of things of your life aside so that you can follow me. Verse 58, Jesus is telling him that, and then apparently... This man didn't follow Jesus. The Bible doesn't say anything about the answer of the man. But apparently nothing happened. So Jesus, as this man was asking, Jesus, I will follow you. Verse 59, another man. Oh, this is cool. You got to pay attention to this. Verse 59. So the answer of this guy who was requesting to follow Jesus was, okay, uh, if Jesus had no place to sleep, then I'm not going to follow him because I'm not going to be sleeping outside. I, I, like my, I like my bed, you know, it's, it's automatic, it gives me a massage, I can connect my iPhone, it's so cool. And Jesus is saying that I'm not even going to have a bed, I'm not following. And when Jesus was having this conversation, he turns to another man and says, follow me. Now imagine, I want you to picture this, guys, be with me. Just give me like three more minutes. How many of you guys give me three minutes? Three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, okay, thank you. Jesus tells another man, follow me. Think about that. This man, in Luke chapter 9, verse 59, he could have been the disciple number 13 in the scripture. He could have made such a big difference in his life. His name would have been written right there in the scripture as the man who obeyed Jesus and followed him. Imagine he, Jesus had already his disciples and he goes to a man and says, follow me. But verse 60, verse 59, when he says, follow me, he replied, the man replied, uh, okay, Jesus, but first uh, let me go and bury my father. And then Jesus said, Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own de dead, but you go ahead and pro proclaim the kingdom of God. So what does it mean? Okay, Jesus, yes, yes, I, I will follow you. This is cool. I I'm so ready, Lord Jesus. I have heard so many cool stories about you before. I mean, you multiply the food. You rise, I mean, the people who are dead. You heal, and, and you know, blind people, they can see. So I want to be a part of your crowd. I want to be here, Lord. I want to follow you just first. Just let me go and I will bury my dad, okay? And then I will be back. Out, Jesus, just, I, I'll be back. Hold on, hold on. This man had bigger priorities in his life than making a choice to give it all to follow Jesus. And then in the end, verse 61, another man said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And then Jesus says, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. And I finish with this. Guys, Christmas is not just in December. 
I don't have anything about us. I don't have anything against us going shopping on Black Friday and getting all your gifts for your family and, and Pastor Henry. And, you know, I don't mind that you do that. But where is Christ? Christmas is not about us. It's not about you. Imagine Pastor Henry invites me to his birthday party. He probably expects me to bring like a little gift. Okay, he may, you know, I'll bring something. I'll bring a soccer ball because I know that that's one of the best, greatest gifts, you know. But imagine I go to his birthday party. But when I go to his birthday party, I start buying presents for other people. Hey, happy birthday, Pastor Henry. Hey, have that gift for you. Hey, happy birthday, Pastor Henry. Hey, hey, you, have your birthday present right here. You give presents to everybody, but not to the birthday boy. That's what we do in Christmas. Let's go back. If anyone wants to follow me, deny yourself. Meeting, adjust your priorities so that you can live for me on a daily basis. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we thank you, Lord, because... In spite of so many, um, so many mistakes that we make, Lord God, and, and the way that we lead our lives sometimes, it's not the way that you want us to lead. And, and we, we pray that you forgive us, Lord. But Lord God, the greatest news about this season is that we have the opportunity to follow you. We have the chance to follow the King of Kings and Lord of Lords who left his glory, who left the the best of the best of, of anything that a human being has ever seen to become a human, to take up the cross that represented shame, take it to the place where he was crucified and die for us. Lord, I pray that during this season, we don't make it about us. We don't make it about our gifts. I pray that during this season we make it about following you, denying ourselves, putting you first in my life because that is what you want. And that is the best Christmas we can give you, Lord, to make a decision to follow you. Thank you.